Our heroes bring Sting a turkey, and Charles hangs out with Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig. That's today on The Streaming Fool. Hello and welcome to The Streaming Fool, the podcast that creates episodes about TV shows in which podcasting is done. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and hey, I just wanted to take a moment here to say hi. Hi! I'd ask you how you're doing, but you can't respond because this is just a one-way thing here, folks. I mean, you could email me at thestreamingfool at gmail.com, be the first one ever to do so, and tell me how things are going. So in other words, hey there, folks, how's it going? What you watching? Let me know. Me? Well, I've been watching Only Murders in the Building. Should we talk about it? I mean... We're all here. We got to talk about something, right? And that was just way too forced. Anyway, let's talk about only murders in the building, but only episode four. Deal? Deal. Episode four is entitled The Sting. It was released on September 7th, and Wikipedia describes it like this. Oliver suspects that Sting poisoned Winnie and enlists the help of Charles and Mabel to prove he is responsible for both Winnie's poisoning and Tim's murder. After consulting Cinda Canning, the host of their favorite podcast, the trio presents Sting with a turkey and question him about Tim, revealed to be Sting's former stockbroker. Sting guiltily confesses that after Tim lost a substantial sum of his money, he angrily fired Tim and told him to kill himself, but is relieved when the trio announced that they believe Tim's death was murder instead of suicide. Meanwhile, Charles goes on a date with Jan. It is a disaster, but she agrees to a second date when Charles later shares a personal story with her. Mabel finds a connection to the jewelry she found in Tim's apartment, and Oliver's son, Will, reveals that he remembers Mabel from their youth and her connection to Tim. A flash forward to a few months later reveals that Charles, Oliver, and Mabel are the subject of Cinda Canning's new podcast, Only Murderers in the Building. All right, so this was kind of a Charles-themed episode. We had a Mabel-themed episode, we've had an Oliver-themed episode, and now it's time for Charles. We learn a little bit about him. In fact, when the episode starts out, Well, the entire episode, there's some narration going on throughout the episode, and it's being narrated by Tina Fey, who plays the character of Cinda Canning, who is the host of the podcast, All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, it's the podcast that brought Charles, Oliver, and Mabel together and caused them to want to create this new podcast, Only Murders in the Building, to solve the the murder of Tim Kono. I mean, Mabel has her own motives for doing this. Oliver does as well. I mean, they all three have their own separate motives. Mabel knew Tim, grew up with Tim, was friends with Tim. She wants to know who killed him. Oliver wants the money. He needs the money. He's about to be booted from the apartment. And I think Charles just needs to not be alone anymore. But this is kind of his episode. And we get some some moments in here that are that are quite weird in which Charles... <laughs> He sees Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig, not like the animated versions. We don't see animated versions of them. We see 
people dressed up in like theme park costumes. Like if you were to go to, you know, if you go to Disney World and you see Mickey Mouse, this is how we're seeing Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig. So we start out with Charles and he's hanging with Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig. Mabel is in her apartment and she's trying to figure out what this post-it note means that she got out of Tim's apartment that has some kind of meeting with somebody named GM in a couple of days. And they both get a text from Oliver saying that the killer has poisoned a member of his family. And of course, that gets them to rush up to his apartment where they discover that it was Winnie, Oliver's dog, that has been poisoned. He shows them the note that was stuck on his front door that says, end the podcast or I end you. And he tells Charles and Mabel that this is obviously the killer trying to leave a message to the leader, to which Charles says, and the leader would be you. And it was kind of a, I don't know, it was kind of a funny moment. But Oliver reveals that he thinks that the person who did this is Sting. And he he tells them about their encounter on the elevator. Mabel, in the meantime, looks up Sting on her phone. There, there's kind of a funny moment when he when he reveals that he thinks it's Sting, and she says, "What the guy who the the lead singer to you two and uh, Charles and Oliver are just disgusted. What are, are you kidding me? Who raised you, basically?" And she goes, "Oh, the guy who who did a sledgehammer." And they're like, oh, my God, no, that was Peter Gabriel. And, and, and at one point, Oliver says, Sting, lead singer for the police. He wrote the song, Every Breath You Take, the greatest love song of all time. And so finally, she says, yes, I know who Sting is, okay? And for your information, Every Breath You Take is not a love song. It's about a stalker stalking a woman and would only be written by somebody who might be a killer. She kind of gets curious when she says that. And she looks up Sting and she finds out that the stock broking, I don't know how you say it, the company that dealt with Sting's finances is the same company that Tim Kono worked for. And they learned in the previous episode from Howard, the cat guy, that Tim Kono had been fired from his brokerage firm. I think that's what they're called. And so they start putting two and two together and they decide that. Sting may very well be their best suspect. But, of course, in an investigation, because they don't really have any real evidence to tie Sting to the murder, all they have is circumstantial evidence, they need to confront Sting and hope that he confesses. But because he is such a, you know, he's a celebrity, he's a huge personality, they feel like they need some advice from somebody in in the know, somebody who's done this before, in order to, you know, before they go and and just confront Sting. And Charles suggests that they go see Cinda Canning, the host of All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma. And he mentions that he might have an in with Cinda Canning. So he goes to visit his neighbor who mentions, he, he visits his neighbor who in, I believe in a previous episode, they had a, a quick conversation outside their apartments in which their neighbor asked him how Lucy was doing. And so in this episode, when he goes to visit this neighbor, the, the guy says, you know, it's funny. My daughter was just uh, Skyping or FaceTiming with Lucy and she was asking about you. And 
Charles kind of brushes it off at first. He's like, oh, okay, that's great. Hey, uh, so I understand that you're kind of somewhat associated with syndicating. Apparently, I believe it's through uh, his, the, the neighbor's kid's school. They're, they're parent friends with Cindy Canning. She's got a kid that goes to the same school. And he talks the uh, neighbor into getting them a, a meeting with Cindy Canning. And the, the guy says he'll do what he can. And then before Charles walks away, he stops and he says, Lucy really asked about me. And he goes, he goes, yeah, she, she wanted to know how you were doing. And that seemed to, to, to pick Charles up a bit. We don't know who Lucy is at this point. I think the very beginning of the episode, when we see Charles hanging with Bugs Bunny, and Porky Pig, he's looking at a a greeting card of some sort that might have a message in it from somebody named Lucy, who I was assuming at this point, at this point in the episode, that Lucy is uh, his ex-wife, uh, ex-girlfriend, somebody like that. Um, but he he tells Mabel and Oliver that he's got him a meeting with Cindy Canning, and they're, when they go to leave for the meeting, they all get on the elevator, and Charles tells them that he feels he he needs to be the one to lead the meeting because he you know he has he feels he's the more level headed of the two of them and they don't want to just go meet with Cindy Canning and blurt out Sting's a murderer you know they don't they don't want to do that and so as they're on the elevator Jan the bassoonist she gets on the elevator as well now in a previous episode Charles and Jan had flirted a bit on the elevator. And she tries to flirt with him some more. And Charles is very uncomfortable and he does a, a terrible job flirting with her. But as she's getting off the elevator, he asks her, you know, am I going to hear you playing your bassoon tonight? Because she, as we learned in a previous episode, she sits at her window and plays her bassoon. The, the apartment building that they live in is a big square with a giant courtyard in the middle. And both of their apartments, Charles, Charles's apartment and uh, Jan's apartment have inside have windows facing the courtyard. And so when she practices her bassoon, she likes the the uh, the the sound of, of it bouncing off the walls inside the courtyard. And he's like, am I going to hear you practicing your 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 bassoon tonight? Because I think he told her in a previous episode, he think he thinks of it as the the sound, the music of the Arconia, which she she found delightful and anyway she so she's getting off the elevator and there's this really just cheesy moment because he's you know we're gonna am i gonna hear you playing your bassoon tonight and she goes you'll hear me playing it bassooner or later and it was kind of a it was a really adorable moment between the two of them jan is the actress that plays jan is is, is the same care actress that played um oh, i can't remember her name she was on the office and she ended up being with Michael Scott at the end. That's who he he ended up with was uh, whatever character she played on The Office, which is funny because there was also a character on The Office named Jan who Michael Scott dated for a while. She was his boss and and uh, she was just uh, uh, as big of a horrible person as he was. But this character that this actress plays in The Office ended up bringing out the best in Michael. Anyway, she re- she still kind of reminds me of that character in this show and. She was kind of a nerd in the office and she seems kind of nerdy in this too. So the, the bassoon joke, you'll, you'll, you'll hear me bassooner or later was just, it, it was cute. It was really adorable between the two of them because Charles is obviously uh, very socially awkward. So it, it was nice to have that moment there between the two of them. So anyway, they go and they go to their meeting with Cindy Canning. And of course, Oliver blurts out, 
that they think that Sting poisoned his dog and that he's a murderer. And so Cinda basically, she tells them that when you're confronting a celebrity or a person of importance or a person who is in the public eye, you have to handle it a certain way. And she said when she spoke to, I think it was the mayor of whatever town in Oklahoma it was, she showed up at his house with a fully cooked 19 pound turkey because nobody is going to turn you away from your, their door if you come bearing a, a fully cooked 19 pound turkey. And so Oliver's like, so we need to cook sting a turkey. And she goes, no, you need to come up with your own version of a turkey. And so as they're talking, I think Charles brings up at some point that it's, it's, a, it's a real mess that they're dealing with. And Cinda says, lean in for the nugget. And they all lean into her desk and she says, embrace the mess. That's where the good stuff, that's where you'll find the good stuff. Something like that. And they're all just like in awe of her. It's a really funny moment. And so they all go back to the Arconia and uh, they're all in their separate apartments. And Charles is in his apartment and he hears Jan playing the bassoon. And he comes to the window to listen to her play. And he is shown, I think, in the previous episode playing what I think he called a concertina. It's like a small accordion almost. And so he starts playing it along with her and they start trading songs back and forth. They're like flirting with their music. And I don't remember every song they play, but at one point she starts playing, If You Want My Body and You Think I'm Sexy, Come On Baby, Let Me Know. Who was that? Rod Stewart? And he plays it along with her and they kind of go back and forth. And then it's his turn to pick us to, to start playing a song. And he starts playing take me out to the ball game. So she like ups the ante as far as the flirting by going to a, a very suggestive song. And then he goes to take me out to the ball game and he plays a little bit and then he doesn't get a response and he looks down and she's no longer at her window. And then suddenly a note is slid under his front door. And it's a note from her saying, meet me for meet me for dinner uh, in an hour in the courtyard or something like that. And so he starts getting ready for his date. Mabel and Oliver come by so that they can brainstorm uh, an idea. They need a turkey idea to to go confront Sting. And Charles tells them, uh, sorry, I've got a date. And it's, it's, a, it's another really funny moment among the three of them. And there's a couple of points in there, like when he's getting ready for the date, he looks over and he sees Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig there. And he tells them both to F off. And then when he's talking to Mabel and Oliver about this date that he's about to be on, he sees them again down the hall. And he's basically telling them that he goes he goes on a lot of first dates and he hates he, he, he you know, he's really good at the first date because he has a lot of them. But by the time the date is over, he is super scared because either the date goes badly and that's scary or the date goes well. And that is scary as well, because that means he's going to have to have a second date with this person. So he is always uh, really good at the first date until the date ends. And then he's really horrible and he never gets a second date. And so they're trying to give him advice. Uh, but eventually he goes on the date and it's going really well. Uh, she's telling him a lot of stories about her, 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 uh, you know, her parents as she grew up, um, her dad who didn't show her a lot of love and a half sister that, came into the picture at some point who got all the love from her father. And so she, you know, she mentioned she's a, she's the first chair bassoonist for 
whatever symphony orchestra she's, she's in, the New York Symphony Orchestra or something like that. And she's got a really, she says she's got a real problem with uh, uh, being second. And, it, and a lot of it comes from her father. And then, and then she, she gets done telling her sob story and she goes, all right. She says, she tells Charles, it's your turn. And he's, he's like, my turn for what? And she goes, well, I told you, I told you my, you know, my sob story. You tell me yours. What, what did your parents do to ruin you? You know, and he, this is where he just destroys the date. He doesn't want to talk about his past and he, he tries to play it off as if, you know, his, his last relationship went fine. His parents were great. Uh, his last relationship was fine. It ended well. He doesn't have a lot of baggage like she does, basically, is what he says at one point. And it's very obvious by the end of the date that there will not be a second one. Early the next morning, Oliver wakes him up, banging at the door. He answers the door. Charles answers the door. And Oliver's there with a big, like, 19-pound turkey in a tray. And he goes, all right, we've decided we couldn't think of anything, so we're just going to give him a turkey. And he said, uh, I've been cooking it for two hours, but my my stove went out. And so I need to use yours. I'm sorry I had to wake you up. And I'm assuming that his stove went out because maybe they finally turned his gas off. I believe it was in the last episode that Bunny, the apartment manager or whatever she's called, told Oliver that if he didn't pay his 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 uh, fee, whatever it is, his, his apartment fee or whatever, uh, by the end of the day that she'd shut off his utilities. So he's there to use Charles's oven and they get to talking about Charles's date and Charles tells him that it didn't go well. And so, but that's fine. He wants to throw himself into this whole murder investigation and uh, that's what he's going to, you know, that's, that's what's going to get him through the rest of his life. He's going to, it's, he's going to be all about murder. Anytime you have a scene between just Steve Martin and Martin Short, it's always a great scene. Those two work so well together and Martin Short, I, I I have to admit, for a long time, I really didn't care much for Martin Short. I really never found him all that funny, only because I felt like every character he played was pretty much the same character, regardless of how much makeup or prosthetics or whatever he wore. It was the same basic character. He had the same way of speaking. And I just it just didn't do anything for me. But Recently, within the last five years or so, I've really been getting into Martin Short. I've really started to really appreciate the genius that is Martin Short. And there's little subtle things about him that I like a lot. And one of the things that he does, it's so stupid, but one of the things he does in this show, he's got this grunt that he does. So like if when Charles is telling him, you know, that all he wants to do now is 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 investigate this murder and murder is basically going to be with him for the rest of his life. He's going to go to bed each night with murder and He's going to have breakfast every morning with murder. And when he's, you know, in the in the twilight of his life, murder will be stroking his throat and feeding him broth because he can't swallow very well. And Oliver just does this grunt. He just goes, mm. there's just this grunt that he does that he does it every once in a while on the show. And there's just something just for me. It's just super funny. It just I just love it so much. I, I love the two of them together. But anyway, the three of them, they the, the turkey is made. They they're they're going to. uh go to Sting's apartment that very next morning. And, and so they do. They arrive at Sting's apartment and, and uh, Sting eventually invites them in because they brought this turkey. And, and uh, it's a very funny scene because eventually they get to talking about Tim Kono and Mabel gets it out of Sting that Tim Kono used to work for Sting and that Sting fired him and lost him a lot of money. And she's like, well, that's got to make you angry, right? That's got to make you feel kind of murderous. And 
And uh, Sting's assistant is there, and she's like, what are you trying to get at? Are you trying to accuse Sting of murder? And they're like, they say, no, no. And Sting says, you know what? I, I have to confess, I am responsible for Tim Kono's death. And this is the moment in the show where everybody's like, what? Sting is going to confess that he murdered Tim Kono? But no, Sting just reveals that when Tim Kono lost him all this money, he was so angry, he fired Tim, King, Tim Kono and he told him to kill himself. And then the very next day, it appears as if Tim Kono has committed suicide and Sting is feeling personally responsible for this. And that's why, because uh, Oliver, that night before, he's or the, the day before when he's, he's cooking the turkey at, at Charles's apartment, he's telling Charles new stuff about Sting that makes him feel seem guilty. Um, they had previously learned that Sting was in the building the night that Tim Kono died and that he was one of the tenants that remained in the building during the whole, during the fire alarm, which is when Tim Kono died. Well, Oliver also finds out that Sting has this upcoming tour that they've decided to suddenly just to start earlier than previously scheduled. And while he's gone, he's got people coming in to renovate his apartment because he wants to start over. And so that's what, you know, Sting says, I, I'm, I feel personally responsible for Tim Kono's death. And that's why we're leaving early on this tour. And I'm having this whole apartment remodeled because I just can't live with the guilt anymore. And I want, when I come back, I want everything to be new. And, and he says, but you, you're, you're telling me that you think that Tim Kono was murdered. And they, they say yes. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's such a relief. And he has a moment where he goes, that, that makes me think of a song. And he picks up his guitar and he starts singing this really horrible song about how he, he was not responsible for the death of Tim Kono. And it was a, a really funny moment. And the, the, when they leave Sting's apartment, Charles just feels he's, just, he's, just, he's pumped. He's like, all right, we've embraced the mess. I've done this. I'm going to embrace the mess one more time. He goes straight to Jan's apartment. He knocks on her door. She answers the door and he doesn't even, he doesn't even let her talk. He just immediately launches into my last relationship lasted however long it lasts. He tells her this whole story about this woman he met while he was on a trip that his sister talked him into going to like Iceland or somewhere like that. He didn't want to go. He hates nature. He hates being outdoors. He hates traveling, but he meets this woman and she thinks that she's met this like adventurous actor guy who likes to travel. And so they hook up and she has this young daughter named Lucy and they, she moved, they move in with Charles and he tries to provide this stability to Lucy because the mother apparently is, is kind of a disaster and uh, the relationship doesn't seem to be working out. And so he, he books a, a cruise and his, the, I don't remember her name, Emily, maybe she's really excited about it, but she doesn't realize that, he booked it for all three of them. He wanted Lucy to come along as well. And uh, during the cruise, during the first stop, he had this whole dinner planned out. They stop at some port and Lucy and Emily, I, I don't remember her name. I'm just going to say Emily. They they go out to see the town and unbeknownst to him, they basically hop a plane and head home. And that's how she breaks up with him. She figures it would be easier for Lucy just to have a just a just a hard break. You know, boom, we're done get back to the apartment, pack everything and leave. And he, he doesn't, he never sees Lucy again, but he's sitting there at this table on this cruise ship waiting for them to show up for dinner. And he has paid extra money because it was a themed cruise. He pays extra money 
so that somebody dressed up as Bugs Bunny and somebody that's dressed up as Porgy Pig will be there at the dinner as well. And you see him there at the table and there's a, a people there with guitars and stuff playing and and uh, Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig are there dancing and he just looks, you know, sad and horrible. And and uh, anyway, he, he he tells all this to Jan and that uh, endears her to him even more. And he says, you know, I want a second date. And she agrees. And he says, great, I'll call you. And so he goes back over, he goes back to, I, I think he goes to Oliver's and he tells Oliver what he did. And he says he wants to sleep for like three days. And then Oliver's son shows up. He's the veterinarian. He was helping Winnie and he's there to bring to, he's either there to bring Winnie back or to tell Oliver that Winnie has pulled through. And that's when he drops the bombshell. He says, dad, I listened to your podcast. You didn't tell me that you were doing this podcast with Mabel Mora. And Oliver's like, yeah, so, and he goes, you don't remember her? She used to stay here as a kid with her aunt during school break, and she used to hang out with Tim Kono. They were really good friends, and Oliver and Charles are just, their minds are just blown. And right away, we now, by the end of this episode, no longer do we, of course, suspect Sting. Now... We really do. We're we're really suspecting Mabel at this point. This is Mabel by the end of this episode is our number one suspect. And uh, that's really how I felt by the end of this episode. It's like there's a big part. There was a part of me that's like, nah, that, you know, we're only a few episodes in. They're going to keep teasing various suspects until we get to the, the right one at the end. But I'm I'm starting to really feel like Mabel is the killer at this point. And then. We shoot ahead, it says, a few months later, and we're in a sound booth with Cinda Canning, and all this narration we've heard from her throughout this episode is her recording a podcast about Oliver, Mabel, and Charles, and it's called Only Murderers in the Building. And it's like, what's all that about? So that's how the episode ends. We're now suspecting Mabel, or we're at least suspecting there's something obviously about Mabel that we need to know more about. We've known this whole time that she's she was friends with Tim Kono, but the fact that she's kept it from Charles and Oliver, we don't know why. And so that's a big red flag when it comes to Mabel. But four episodes in, and this just this show just keeps getting better and better and better. It's one of those that I can understand why somebody would want to binge this, wait till all the ten, all ten episodes are out, and then binge it. But it's almost that's part of the fun is watching it week by week and then wondering throughout the week until the next episode, what's going on, try to piece more of the clues together. You know, we can go over our list of suspects again. Uh, but at this point, I'm I'm we're really leaning towards Mabel at this point. What do you think? Who do you who do you think it is? Again, caveat, all 10 episodes have been released. If you know who the murderer is, don't just email me and go, oh, well, I've known it was this person the whole time. By the end of episode four, who did you think the murderer was? Send me an email at the streaming fool at gmail.com. Until then, folks, hey, do me a favor. Go out there to Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to this through Apple Podcasts, go out there and rate the show. You don't have to review it. You don't have to write anything, but just give it a rating. The more ratings this show gets on Apple Podcasts, the more it becomes discoverable by other folks. And that helps the podcast out more than pretty much anything else that you can do, except for telling all your friends about it. 
I mean, it's it, it's a huge thing. If you're listening to the show through Apple Podcasts, which is more people listen to podcasts through Apple Podcasts than any other podcast aggregator or app. And so if you're one of those people, just go give me a rating. One to five, five being the best. Give me a rating. The more ratings I get, the better. That's all I ask. Just do that. Just do that. That's it. Ding. That's that's it. That's all you got to do. Ding. Tap a star. Ding. Hopefully it's five and it's not one or four, three. Three would even be good. Ding. That's it. That's that's the 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 imaginary sound it makes when you tap that star with your finger. Ding. Go rate the show. Apple Podcasts. I would appreciate it. Until then, folks, my name is Steven and I'm the Streaming Fool. I'm going to wrap this show up. We'll talk to you next time. I'm out. Oliver suspects that Sting poisoned Winnie and he lists... Oliver suspects that Sting poisoned Winnie and enlists the help of Charles and Mabel. Blah, 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 blah. Oliver suspects that Sting poisoned Winnie and El- uh, gee, believable. <clears throat> Gonna get this out one of these days. Shabba dabba dooba dabba ding dang doo. Ha ba 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 ha boo. Here we go. This time we'll do it. This is it. Here we go. That was dumb.